my name is Nick Brown, Franny Brown from Franny Brown Town. To the right of me is Mr. Nathan Custerson. Nathan, it's midweek. It's Wednesday. It's we're Wednesday the, already? We're in the past right now. We're time travelers. Well, we're Sunday, but you're listening to this, whoever is listening to this, on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. And we're going to be talking about something quite specific. Specific, Nick Brown. So we're going to be talking about UK and US bands in the scene over the last 20 years and their influences. So yes. um, I've been fascinated. Obviously, America over the years have dominated the scene like they've just through sheer weight of numbers had more bands coming out of there than anywhere else and i've just gone back and done a little bit of a deep dive nick brown yeah. as to what and how they've done it you so. know i want to ask a couple of questions just yes. just off the bat um yeah. we won't talk about australia's scene at all but no in terms of just the quality just yes. if we have to give a broad statement how does australia's scene do you think compare with the us and uk are we up there with them i know a lot of people love to say australia's got the best scene my last quote is literally about that okay there you go well we'll <laughs> yes. wait we'll, we'll no, that, wait. No, no, that's a great question dude i actually i wrote that i think we're not far behind the uk yeah. i think in stature, like you put up kind of Bring Me versus Parkway. Yeah. And then like after that, you got like Ender Shikari's a big band, Architects and Massey Bands. We've got like North Lane, Amity, Amity are big yeah. bands as well. Then you got bands coming through like Polaris, going up against bands like Loathe, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, I love the idea of this because the scene has gone through so many different like versions of itself. Yes, like, man, time. the scene 15 years ago is Completely nothing different. like what yes. the scene is now. And that's good. Yeah. That is positive. That means at least the scene's doing something. Evolving. It, might, it, will, it could be regressing, if you, depending on who you are. I know a lot yeah. of old heads who listened to the scene back in 2007 probably think the scene now is garbage, yeah. but at least it's changing. Like, any change is good change, especially, there's nothing worse than being stagnant in this scene. No, exactly, dude. And like, I'll we'll probably kick off with this one for you, dude. Yeah. But, um, I want to talk about their dominance early and how they shaped the scene, Nick Brown. Yes. So early days, I want to talk to you about gateway bands now. Yeah. So gateway bands. So when you're obviously growing up and you're either at primary school with an MP3 player or high school with a brand new iPod and you're listening to bands and you're chucking around your headphones to different mates and everyone's got different tastes. Like I want to talk about a few gateway bands, dude. But um, yeah. so most of us kind of like we grow up. You listen to your dad's CD collection, your mum's CD collection. You listen to the radio, so you listen to pop and. Rock and easy bands like that. Easy core, I call it, Nick yeah. Brown. But, um, dude, like when you hear a heavier band for the first time, it's kind of like a moment you think, when, like, who was the band for you? Who was the band that wasn't? And, like, I got a few from America. I'm going to talk about three gateway bands, I yeah. think, that are really big and shape the scene, but Slipknot number one. Yep. So, Slipknot for me, like, they were part of that, obviously, late 90s, early 2000s, new metal wave that came through, but they were their own kind of genre themselves, Slipknot. Absolutely. Like, Corey Taylor with these iconic insanely strong voice but yeah yeah go when when yeah. people can si compare like slipknot who they say are new metal right yeah you compare them with limp biscuit you can't it's <laughs> just it is a different animal oh, right like there is people do put in slipknot in that new metal way um for obvious reasons but it was completely different to what someone like fred durst was doing especially vocally oh mate well i remember when i first kind of got into the realm of listening to new metal bands like yeah. through wrestling through wrestlemania with limp biscuit and stuff and you listen to new metal bands and the, the best new metal album one of them was always slipknot slipknot it's like well i listened to that and it scared the shit out of me like what the, <laughs> what the fuck's going on there but obviously when you grow up at high school i remember listening to dead memories for the first time yeah. before i forget and psychosocial and they actually really just kind of i remember i was listening to them one day on youtube i'm like they, they're meant to be this scary band yeah you listen to the songs and you're like, this is actually really, really good. And that kind of paves the way to listen to Screaming a little bit more. And what was Slipknot like for you, dude? Like when I, you I remember up? Slipknot kind of, as that band, you know, they were always the, 
I, you know, everyone's very um, impressionable about their the pop culture, what's yeah. around them. And I yeah. remember a few times seeing like bands like Slipknot on MTV Headbangers Ball um, mm, when that was sure. going around. I don't know if it was VH1 or Channel 810 on Foxtel or some shit. Um, but I remember kind of like always taping that and going back and listening through. And I always was fascinated more so than the music was the Slipknot videos. Oh, Slipknot videos were yeah. always just really fascinating to me because yeah. some of them felt very like home video, like we talked about, like kind of the skateboarder stuff from mm. like um, that Turnstile. Turnstile did, yep. It felt very much like that. It all felt very handy cam, but like in a really good way. I was always fascinated with that. And because this is way before YouTube and mm. like YouTube wasn't this massive thing where you can just look up the best songs or anything like that. You can only, then. it's only like what's on the radio kind of shit. So yeah. like, it took me a while to get into Slipknot, probably around the same time as you did. Yeah. Because High school. the yep. thing is that with a band like Slipknot and with, as you say, gateway bands, mm. sometimes it takes a song or a band with only a little bit of screaming to get you into all the screaming kind of thing. So, a song like Psycho Psycho Social is that your is first heavy. One? You remember the first song I remember was um, Before I Forget from Guitar Hero Three. Yes, so that was yeah. a big one for me. And with that chorus, and even though that is screaming through the uh, the cor- the verses, Corey screams were much more tolerable at they this were. stage. It wasn't like that Iowa scream, which was like it was so frenetic with yes. everything else. Like <laughs> Before I Forget had like you know pop essentially pop music song structure like yeah. it really did for lack of a better term it had it had a pop music pop song song structure so for that it kind of opened my eyes to that and then songs like duality came out and duality again monster all you needed for someone especially back then for me mm. was a hot was a hot chorus and then in the verses you could scream so it was a clean chorus yep. screaming verses yep. i was sold right exactly. and like they were one of the bands who did that weren't the first but they were one of them well another one for me was system of a down so yep. i think back to when i first heard them and Oh, actually, I remember my first time watching them. It was just one of those weekend kind of Saturday shows that you like. They played music videos and they played the BYOB clip. Yeah. And Serge had long hair. I'm pretty sure for it. <laughs> and I listened to the song and I was scared shitless. I'm like, what is this guy doing? And like, it was just heavy music. Like, it was just heavy riffs and stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then like, you grow up and you listen to more songs. You go back and listen to Chop Suey, which is my favorite song now of all time. Toxicity. And then Aerials. I'm pretty sure in Australia was on an ad. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure we had an Aerials for an ad, which kind of opened them up system of a down and they were really like <laughs> they were th- they were a thrashcore metal yeah. band like that you can even call a metalcore band to be honest yeah. like the way and how heavy they were and like they had screamed as well but the big one nick i don't know what what, what systems impact on for you like, S- system up? i like again your know, system are a band that if you showed your dad the, um like system say a song like B-O-O-B, what the fuck is this <laughs> it's just like and chop suo like those songs but System, again, had those songs yep. that could merge and could slowly take you to those other songs. Whereas, like, you know, songs like, I don't know, like like Aerials and, yep. like, and like even other songs on there like that weren't that brutal. Like, you know, obviously, like, they had a song like Lonely Day. Or Hypnotize. Lonely Day the from fucking song? on the song. Oh, Lonely Day, yeah, massive on, um, song. On Disturbia. Yeah, <laughs> like, unbelievable. On movie. And it's yeah. like, I know it's like, that's so different, but, like, that's the kind of songs, that's the kind of music that gets you into the other stuff. And, like, System have, man, like, I wonder, I always fascinate with System because they're a band who I wish continued, but I also love the fact that they stopped when they did because their catalogue is so Perfect. etched in history. It is. And it's like, it's so concise. Same with Rage Against the Machine, who are, again, Very similar a, bands. Another, another gateway in their own sense. They're on the same kind of level as well with people wanting them to come back. Like, yeah. if Rage played a show, System played a show, it's going to be monstrous. But the, the dude, the ultimate gateway band, I think, for everyone was Linkin Park. Yes. So, Linkin Park with, obviously, Meteora, Hybrid Theory, early 2000s, they really opened up screaming to a wider audience. Like many didn't like it. Uh, I know back in the day, like when we we're at school and stuff, they were like, "Oh, screaming nuts, no good shit. You can't hear anything." But yeah. 
it opened up to many of us like us and like me and you and you get into heavier bands from that and like you really listen to Chester's Chester is he was the vocalist of our like early generation of those 2000s and he went on with it and obviously it was tragic how we lost him but they were the band Nick yeah. like they like out of the gateway they were my three gateway bands into heavier music but absolutely yeah. they they um for me live in Texas was the first introduction into oh. um Lincoln Park and I remember I remember them walking out it's so in slow motion they kind of had that Iconic. that kind of stop motion almost at times mm. and they opened with Don't Stay and oh. that, that DJ's going oh. <laughs> crowds going nuts this is People don't like people who have, have haven't seen it or have seen it don't know that was they were like opening up for Metallica like that was Metallica were headlining that it was like them Deftones Linkin Park Linkin what a lineup Biscuit. it was just like Metallica were embracing the new metal like that's yep. what they were doing and they that that um, concert also has the best rendition of One Step Closer with the way they it bring, bring it back up they've oh. never done it better than that honestly no. and I remember it took years again and I remember my dad buying the old Minutes of Midnight. And I remember going, what's this rap shit? Because it didn't click in my my mind that they were the same band. Yeah. Because right? it was one of those moments It was a different where sound. Like, it really yeah, was. And uh, and then they played the song Given Up. And Given Up is such just like a rock. It's just rock and roll. It is. And as that 17 second scream, oh. it's one It's a, such a heavy moment. One Unreal. of the heaviest moments Linkin Park's ever had. It was so heavy. Like I know for a band like Linkin Park, people go, oh yeah, how heavy is it? This is crazy. And um, I was hooked from there. And it was like one of those things where it was like a two-parter where I actually connected the dots. I'm like, fuck me, they're the same fucking band. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it actually kind of, they're a gateway band for me for hip hop as well. Oh, like, 100%. Huge. Like, with Rat with Shinoda, he was unbelievable. Absolutely. And like, that's kind of the shit like, again, you know, Rage Against Machine and Linkin Park both had both of those they're both gateways for both genres and in a good way they're ba- they're kind of gateways in a way that where it's not like you don't feel like the genre is being handicapped where it's like i don't i understand like limp biscuit is well, probably pe- more of a i was exactly uh, about to say that yeah like literally you could take their music seriously rage and lincoln park yeah. whereas limp biscuit you kind of laughed at it's like oh that's just fucking he's taking the piss yeah which like we've talked about how serious and good their music is but that's kind of how it was perceived Absolutely. but dude then i moved to metalcore so that's obviously three american bands that were talked about but Metalcore with Killswitch, Alive or Just Breathing was the album that really paved the way for a lot of what music and metalcore is now, dude. Yeah. So I look at that and look at what Killswitch did in the early 2000s. They had songs like End Heartache, My Curse, My Last Serenade, and their cover. They actually one of the first bands to do a cover that took off. They did Holy, yeah. Holy Diver by Dio. Holy and Diver. that really, like, that was played at every show. They still really play it. And you can put Lamb of God, I think, as well, into that metalcore basket. They kind of took what Pantera did, that yeah. groove metal, and kind of, like, did a like a little robotic like did their own thing like Randy Bly's voice different to obviously um Phil Anselmo but those two bands really paid the way in metalcore for a lot of bands that we get now like Parkway especially yeah. I, I think I see that influence from Killswitch at times and also with Lamb of God but you got this is where the UK bands kind of started like you had in that era Bullet for My Valentine The Poison was very yeah. early on and around that time came out I think two years after Live or Just Breathing and then you got Enter Shikari who yeah. also had their own version of Metalcore Nick they kind of brought Electronics Electronical and this is where yeah like, exactly Electronical and like, I look at that like you look at kind of America starting it and then I think the UK kind of as we'll talk about throughout the show I think they've perfected the sound more yeah. like they actually have quality over quantity but at yeah. that time like you know Enter Shikari one of the only bands for like that electronical sound that kind of went got out the other side of it still as a good band yes, so yes. one of the only bands who got like res- were respectable yes, with what they did yes. like, again they were kind of like everyone else was kind of like Limp Bizkit where they were Linkin Park to say like the best way of putting it other bands as well um just kind of in that early era. Yeah. I think people underestimate the influence of Papa Roach. Oh, for sure. For yeah. Simply for, uh, not just for Last Resort, but yeah. like just that kind of sound was well, so... Love, scars, that, massive songs. Insane. Like yeah. they, they had their biggest songs were huge yeah. at that time. And I I know people like to make fun of Papa Roach, but when you were younger, they were one of those bands who awesome were like, band. 
fucking amazing. And Atreyu as well, being another really great band. That's I think bring you them. Say. Yeah, 100% Atreyu, but they're going to be a little bit later on. But dude, from metalcore, I go to pop punk and the emo wave. So yes. this is all America dominated this scene again, but you got bands like Fallout Boy, My Chemical Romance, Panic at the Disco. They're the three standouts kind of in that genre. But around the same time that metalcore was popping off, this really popped off. Yeah. But these guys went mainstream as fuck. So these guys weren't just like... Like a, a lot of the bands now you hear on, um, like if they're in the charts at all, like they're just either just soft rock or whatever. But these guys were, the, they were the top of the charts yeah. back in then. So they were all over every fucking TV show, radio show, movies. But songs like I Write Sins, Not Tragedy, Thanks for the Memories, Dance, Dance, Welcome to the Black Parade, Teenagers, they were global hits, dude. They weren't just American hits. And like, uh, they kind of paid the way for what Bang became, yeah. like these bands. Like there wouldn't have been a Bang without this. That, that was a really fascinating time for, for rock music because you also had bands like The Killers, right? And exactly. They were such a great pop rock Put like in, yeah, of, and, and also 30 Sex to Mars with I've Jer- got them in there Jared as well Leto, and yep. it's like these were like songs like from yesterday and even um that one when he had the fucking big mohawk <laughs> running around oh, yes. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm sorry whatever that one's called Closer to the Edge that's the one Closer to the Edge um, Nick. Like those, those were massive songs like absolutely massive and it's mental to think that back then that rock music was like it was the number one genre. Add good it Charlotte was. to that as well. Yeah, American absolutely. Yep. They were the nu- rock and roll or rock. I don't know. Like you know, rock's kind of a, a very subjective term, a weird term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everyone's kind of a little bit different because emo is part of rock, but it isn't. It isn't at the same time. But that was the number one genre back yep. then. And then it took probably early two thousands, and then hip hop just took took over. It did. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if like emo killed right enough key i don't want to just blame it on emo but i kind of want to because i didn't like any of those bands really except for fallout boy i, I think fallout boy with the kind of my redeeming quality i think as everything kind of becomes popular too many bands try to do it so yeah. everyone's trying to do the same sound and bands like you listen to panic at the disco and fallout boy now they don't sound anything like they did back in the day because yeah. they evolve with their sounds and they like the killers opened up with the electronics and so to fallout boy and panic at the disco but there's two other females i want to really talk about Haley williams and paramore Ooh, i think they were huge. the band of that like that genre, I think, in a way, because like they were just so big at the time. They had a song in Twilight, which was the biggest movie in the yep. world, that kicked them off of Decode. But yeah, she really, she's an icon in the scene for me because Absolutely. look how many girls in our fronting bands, especially in our scene. She was really the that person. Like, as long with uh, we talked about her in the last show, we just did. But um, Avril, who's Canadian, yeah. But they, those two, and Kelly Clarkson as well, with since yeah. being gone, that era of like early to mid 2000s was really iconic for pop punk and those kind of bands. Even Pink. Like Pink, Pink had, as well, yeah. Yeah, Pink had like all these kind of like Pink always had this rock attitude and like songs songs some of her songs were just flat out rock and like she had the attitude in a good way that kind of was she was a fucking badass Real and that badass. was the thing. Hayley Williams is like as you say iconic. genuine icon yep. of this scene and like if you were to do a Mount Rushmore of this scene, I She'd don't think it. you can make one without <laughs> Hayley Williams. No like, way. Her dude. influence is absolutely out of this world. Yeah. And she, like, as you said, she paved the way in a lot of ways, like where it was, a, I'm, I can only imagine, like we can't say we were in that time because we were much younger, but yeah. I can only imagine how hard it was to fucking be in a band back then. Oh, and it was sure. just like, compared to now, like it's hopefully, I like to think it's a, at least a bit easier to do so. It's opened up the market, I, I think. think. So, yeah. And like you see, like Jenna McDougal come for Tonight Alive compared to her and yeah. do like what she's done for our scene. It's fantastic. But then from that genre and pop punk and emo wave, you kind of move to post-hardcore, which yes. people really identify the scene with post-hardcore yeah. and bands. So like you got bands like in America, Atreyu, I think, early days they are kind of fit into this they were metalcore but i've kind of 
put him into this category yep, with yep. like Pierce the Veil, Falling in Reverse, Escape the Fate, Sleep with Sirens. Then you got bands like that came after that slightly with Mice and Men, but then the UK bands kind of popped up around this time. Bring Me the Horizon became like icons of the scene at that stage. With obviously they were a bit more deathcore, but they were yeah. Ollie Sykes was a pinup boy. You had Asking Alexandria, Danny. They were the band though. I, I thought that, um, Asking Alexandria at the end of the 2000s were that band yeah. in that scene. Bullet as well with Matt Tuck. They were all kind of, they had that Motley Crue macho image, these bands. They were kind of like, they were rebellious and they were kind of doing their own thing. They had this sound and like there was screaming involved. Everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is really cool. We're like, dude, like I, I listened to that and Ronnie Radke was the poster boy and like I really thought the UK started to get their act together around this yeah. time, dude. Like, do you have any memories of kind of this post-hardcore scene? Like, do you remember what, I've got the question here for you. What did you listen to first with the, was it the Crimson by Atreyu or Knives and Pens by Black Belt Brides? Do you remember uh, this? The Crimson was probably my first. I can't remember. It would have been your first one you probably listened to. Because yeah. uh, I remember um, like Knives and Pens back in... I reckon oh, I was fuck in year, me. What I reckon song, I was year yeah. nine, year ten, and like, I listened to that song. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I've got a stat for you. <laughs> yeah. 130 million views on YouTube this wow. song has. I could not believe That's that. That's incredible. Like, and like In the End was such a huge song as well oh, like, in the early 2010s. Black Belt Brides. But it's one of those things where like I think something that really appealed to... Because... Heavy music as a whole has always been a young person's genre. It has, yes. And most genres are. Hip-hop is a young person's genre. Yes. People over the age of 40 will not understand no. hip-hop now, today. They will, no. they are more than happy to go back and kind of think about their old day and be like, it was better when I was younger. Yeah. Because everybody has an expiration date to when they stop trying to listen to new music. Yeah. Everybody, where some people have it at 25, some yeah. people have it at 35. Everyone has that date where they're like, I don't really need to listen to new music. Yeah. I'm kind of, I've got other things to do in my life. I'm going to keep my playlist basically the same for the rest of my life. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that no right? but the thing about these bands coming through as you said the pierce avails and the bring music well, this was the evolution of the they, scene they all yeah. felt like they were our age yes they about, grew with us they yes. all looked like they all looked like us everyone felt like you could look like ollie sykes probably yeah. not as good looking as ollie sykes yeah but everyone thought you could look like him you could all do the hairstyle yeah. you could all wear the same tank tops with yeah. like the big fucking bright print on it or whatever it was mm. like there was just something about that it felt like I don't know. You felt like you were one of them. There was something about mm. it. You could feel like a rock star in your own bedroom because of that. About, and yeah. there was such an appeal there. And you know, naturally, there's always the um, the outsider appeal of genres like this. And that's always going to be a thing in heavy music. But especially around that time, it felt like every all these young bands were like, they looked young as shit. They did. <laughs> like they that, was, that was kind of like a lot of the appeal to it. 100%. Well, that's the evolution of the scene, dude. Like, So literally, that's the way it kind of went through. We went from pop punk and emo being the pop, like, popular thing to this really taken over at that stage and bands they kind of ripped off what the pop punk bands did mm. and they brought it over with a heavier style and everyone's like oh this is fucking new let's let's go to this and that the scene's always been about being a little bit different and this kind of created yeah. that kind of counterculture but dude this is where the UK kind of comes in so this is more the modern stage now so like I think America have always dominated so we talked about probably 90% American yeah. bands so far but I think the influence and the stature that they've built kind of the UK is kind of running with now so I think Bring Me Now and Architects are the two biggest bands in the scene right yeah. now for me, like around the world. I think globally, they are both really big. Parkway's in that argument, but they're obviously not an American or UK yeah. band, so I'm not going to go there. Mu- but- and they're much more on the metal side now. Exactly. Like, uh, they're still part of the scene for sure for us, yep. but like if somebody went, hey, I'm not going to talk about Parkway because they're a little bit outside of it, yes. I wouldn't argue with that. And these guys kind of, they evolved throughout that mm. stage. They started in the, like, the mid to late 2000s and evolved their sound as they went through. And like, bring me, they're definitely the biggest band in the scene right now. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. And they are... But then you look at Asking Alexandria, they were the bring me of the late 2000s, early 2010s. They were fucking massive. Like, people forget how big they actually were, but 
I really think, dude, like those UK bands do what America's done with their sound and they actually do it better. Like Neck Deep, they have an American sound, but I think they're better than the pop punk yeah, bands from yeah. America, dude. I look at While She Sleeps and I compare them to The Wage Wars, The Motionless and Whites, yep. the fucking I Prevails like Monster Flames. I think While She Sleeps are better at what they do. Yep. I just Maybe that's just the, the UK thing. We like them better. Yeah. And then I look at like Don Broco. So they're releasing yep. some of the funnest music this year. You got... Frankie Carter, he's a pot, like a punk rock kind of icon, like coming from the Gallows. He's got the image of that like poster boy scene kind of yeah. guy, and he's very very popular. You got bands like Royal Blood; they're worldwide fucking rock stars. Like Huge. they, like they, and they are they. They put the map, the scene kind of on the map with their, their riffs because they kind of made rock music cool again, yeah. like that band. And even, like, like, even like a Biffy Clyro as well. Biffy's in that. They're headlining yeah. festivals, and Biffy now, like the actual. You look at Simon Neal's covers and features he's done in the last twelve months. He's loving the heavy music scene Loves in the, the UK, especially. He's always done that, and they're a Scottish band as well. Yeah. And like that's like they're not all English bands. Like Bull of My Valentine, they're a, they're a Welsh band. Like, yeah, it's really cool to see how they've evolved over the time. But then I look at American bands now; they got a lot more variety, I think, than the UK bands. Like yeah. you look at Fever Three 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 doing their thing. Plot and you, I've talked about Paradigm. Everyone go listen to that song. Came out last week. Fantastic. Silent Planet do their own thing. Straight from the path of Fantastic. MGK is now going to become, yeah. we think, an icon of the scene. Yeah, like he probably he's, already is. Exactly. So <laughs> him, him converting from being one of the biggest rap stars in the world to now the pop punk like kind of icon that he's going to be is amazing. And to yeah. do that, like that crossover, that's really helping keep our scene relevant, dude. And that's going to hopefully grow it. But um, yeah, like over time, like I've got a question for yeah. you. Nick. So I look back. So I look at Beartooth. They had a great run. Yep. They're, they're, they're a really big band. But I look at a data member who've been probably that band for our scene like yeah. over the stage since we kind of got into it. What do they mean to you? And what do you think they mean to bands like this? Do you reckon they are like the band? Do you reckon they ever were that band? They were the band at one yep. stage. Um, definitely, there was like probably a th- probably a three four year period where it felt like they were the biggest band in the scene. The um, Common Courtesies. Yeah, I'd say I'd say anywhere between probably from Homesick to Common Courtesy, probably from two thousand nine two thousand thirteen, anywhere between that kind of period, they took yep. over. Um, because of like you know naturally, you know they blended everything so well. They um, did. Jeremy, like I know, I look new J members garbage, but Jeremy's an amazing <laughs> vocalist and Dude. like does not get enough credit, and especially for like what he's uh, trying to do and trying to achieve, he's perfect at it. Right, gateway like, band too. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. For tons of people, they've been gateway. Like, do you reckon I, they're what, the modern what, Lincoln Park? What did I? What, I remember, do you remember what I used to talk call Data? Remember? Go on. Blink One Eighty Two a double kick. They all are. They are. Yeah. Blink, Blink One Eighty Two a breakdown. All they were. <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two and double kick. And like that's perfect because that's what's going to get a lot of people in. You're going to get hooked in by these choruses that are catchy as fuck, and then they're going to have these moments in their songs that they start screaming. And because it's only momentary, and like a lot of songs, you know, Mr. Highway obviously is basically all screaming, but oh, like yes. a lot of their songs it's just like these little momentary sections of screaming, and you can get behind that, and yeah. that's how you evolve. And then all of a sudden you're listening to Mr. Highway go, this is fucking amazing. This is the best thing of all yeah, time. And, and now <laughs> you, all of a sudden you want to hear this, you want to hear songs that are 80% screaming and 20% singing instead of the opposite of 20 20% um, screaming and 80% singing. Yep. And that's kind of like, that's how you do A day to remember, like, again, I, I, I always like talking about Matt, Matt Rushmore's because I yes, think it's always yes. a great argument. And yep. in the history of the scene, it's hard not to put a day to remember on there in because there, yep. of what they did in such a short amount of time. Like, mm. you know, Bad Vibes, is, I don't mind Bad Vibes as an album, but it didn't, by that stage, it felt like their run was over, yep. um, which is fine. You know, you can't fucking be on top forever, especially, especially in a scene like this, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the, the scene is always evolving. And like, Well, that's what I mean. We've talked about how many different genres so yeah. far and how many of those bands. Like. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, you know, like in terms of influence, they're one of the most influential. Yeah. Um, you know, like, 
like obviously there are bands way earlier um, that we could call, talk to. Like I don't know, people always bring up like as I like dying or bands yes. like that. Um, they're I, in the kill switch range. I, I, yeah. I would bring refused into it. I think Refused, oh, refused sure. to one of the most influential bands, especially on this scene of all time. Maybe, maybe well, we could one. probably yeah, they we'll put them in the UK. We'll put yeah, them in the UK yeah, range. Swedish yeah. band, like, and it's like. A day to remember it just kind of like, especially for us, and you got to remember like when we, a day to remember were popping off, we were perfect age for yeah. it, right? Like we were like 18, 19, we could go to their shows and it was just like, it was a really fun time. It was, dude. And like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not fun anymore, but it's like, they are, they were. And um, yeah, they'll always hold a place in the heart. You can always put on probably about 10 different day to remember songs at an emo night and they're going to go off. Everyone loves it. 100%. If it means a lot, to, if it means a lot to you, it's like, etched into um into the scene's history so is downfall of this, of this all and so so are songs like all i want like those songs are like you, again you can put them on anywhere any time of day and people are going to sing along to them and that's 100%. that's what that's longevity as much as you know you you talk about bands who are in and out in a very short amount of time if you can have that impact they're going to last forever and they a day will. to remember will be around like they will still be getting played in clubs in 10 years time and that's where you look at it. They'll be playing at bangs. They'll be doing those kinds of things. And I look at America too, dude. Like bands like Ghost Inside, yep. Every Time I Die, and Under Oath. I think those three bands kind of in the more heavier kind of range, they set the path for a lot of modern bands we listen to now. And I think that yeah. a lot of those influences still reign supreme. And like, obviously they're all still playing and stuff. But um, Every Time I Die in that like category with Converge and bands like that, they yeah. kind of popped off with that hardcore and Dillinger sound and that, that noise core. And they really, that, that's another part of the scene that really... Probably hasn't got to the heights where it could have got because it's, yeah. it's so extreme, the it sound is, of yeah. it. So, But they're bands that are beloved and still beloved in this yeah. day and age. Like I Wrestle With Bear ones, Norma Jean, like oh, those kind yeah. of bands. Like they're great. Oh, yeah. it's like Norma Jean's still great. Like All Hail is an amazing, amazing album. album. Like yeah. Those are the albums that you really want to... Like That keeps those genres alive. It's a, it's really great. Like I love... America has, obviously, because they've got a lot of people. Just got a lot, and, of, lot more bands. And, yeah. and you know, America is... you know. It is the mecca, it like is. you know, for entertainment. Yeah. It is the, it's the the entertainment mecca of the world. Look at California, the bands that produce. Exactly, that's like, just that's the spot. Demo, <laughs> that alone, like California versus the world, they will win. They, so they're you, just bigger than everyone. So you're saying that you think UK have kind of taken over, right? Not quite. They're at the stage. So I'm going to yeah. talk about the future now. But I, I look at bands like Bring Me and Architects at the moment. I think they are the ones dominating the scene, yeah. and I think the UK will be the ones wielding the power as we go. Because I look at bands like. Look, the UNFD bands they've signed, like Event Animate, cool band, um, like Monster Flames, cool bands, but they're not genre-breaking and yeah. groundbreaking bands. Like, I'm looking at Straight From The Path, last couple of albums being a little bit underwhelming. I think the UK bands are a little bit more exciting. And I don't want to just look at the, the future kind of we're going to go, but like bands like Loathe yep. and Sleep Token, I think those two are two of the most fresh and exciting bands in the scene. Yeah. I, I can't put Spirit Box in because they're Canadian, so they don't really count in the American argument, but like bands yeah. like that, they got their own sound. And I think they are the future. And I look at the next ten years of our scene, especially in the metal side of things. I think those two are going to be the future. And you put that bring me who don't seem to be slowing down. I think the UK are going to go really, really well. And you look at bands like um, Nothing But Thieves, who played yep. Coachella. You got bands like um, Trash Boat, who just had a great album. Boston yep. Manor, who's growing as a band. You got Dream State on yeah. UNFD, really exciting. And Hacktivist released one of the best albums of the year. We thought were gone. Yeah, they got a really good variety of young bands coming through that I think have a massive future. But on the other hand as well, I think America are going to dominate in a different realm. Okay. So I look at bands like Knock Loose and Code Orange. Yep. They're global fucking, they're heavy hitters. They're yeah. going to be the biggest hardcore and the big, biggest probably metal band in the world for the next 10 years. Let's say the next five years before yeah. Loathe and that really hit their peak. But I think those two bands, you look at that, turnstile in the hardcore genre, like just through sheer weight of 
entertainment. I think <laughs> they're going to be great as well. And you look at other bands from there as well. And like, I think in the next five to ten years, though, that the UK can catch up with the the young bands coming through. I just think America, through sheer weight at the moment, are reigning supreme. Yeah, but the shit, like. I'm a, I'm always quantity. I mean, quality over quantity. If that makes think, sense. You think the UK's got better quality? I just think the UK do things better. I yeah. just think they're just less. I don't know, pretentious. Like American bands, I kind of look at it. And I'm like, they just. I don't know. There's something about them. They're a little I, bit whingy, a little bit. You know, there like, is a just, bit of like an Aussie connection with the UK as yeah, well. Yeah, like is that we, just like we do just, we connect with them better? I or? think I, I always think that is like I think we all like we're pissheads. We're all like yeah, basically can, yeah. Yeah, it, it always seems like we kind of we. I'd rather them win, but yeah. I again, I, I'm going to bring up the Mount Rushmore thing as well. Yeah. If you were to talk about the big bands right now in the scene, you bring Parkway, me, bring, bring me, me architects. architects, and fourth maybe Tom Proko. Like America yes. probably isn't even in the discussion. Like who are they? Like I know Code Orange are cool and um, Knock uh, Loose, Knock Loose are cool, but like they're not big enough. And Data remembered exactly. They're kind of falling off the cliff. You look at falling in reverse bands like that. They're not, not there. Maybe. Escape the fate aren't the. Because like we've talked about from the scene, they were dominating in the late like two thousands, yeah. like the late like, and the twenty tens. They've been good, but they're not been great. You know, it feels like a lot of the bands from America are on the other side of their careers. They're going they're, downwards. Yeah, yes. they're they're past that point of their they're past their peak. Well, and that's another one. Everyone has their peak, right? Yeah. And you can't, your peak can't last forever, right? Not everyone can have these twenty year careers of being on top of the game. Exactly, and that's fine. But like you know, as you say, don't remember a past their peak. Strays going down. The mice and men. Absolutely, all these bands. All going these downwards. bands have had their peak. And Never wears all Mid two mid twenty tens kind yes. of thing, and like that—that's their era. Now you got to look at the new ones coming well, through. Silent Planets one. Are uh, uh, Knock Loose going to be that big? Uh, yeah, this, this is just a question. Yeah, uh, exactly. Code Orange going to be that big? Yeah. Are Turnstile good? Are they Turnstile big enough to do that? Uh, could they? Can they match a date? Remember, probably not, and that's no. quite hard. And that's when you get asked a question like, "Where is that next band coming from yep. from the US side? Is there someone who is just waiting in the realms? Is there a new genre that's going to come through? Is trap metal like you know guys like Ghostmane essentially going to exactly? Become that well, new I'm thing? looking at Poppy as well. Absolutely. People like that. Poppy so. is huge. Like, exactly. And like so, like who? It all depends on what you're looking for. Depends where the the genre goes. The scene is always moving, but I. We're in a weird spot right now. The scene's in a strange spot where a lot of bands are sounding like architects. MGK is like, probably the one on the rush morning. Yeah, he's probably the modern day to remember. Which it's harsh. Yeah, it's hard, me, to say, yeah. it's hard to argue. But he'd um, be the fourth one. And that's yeah. like, and that's, but he's coming from like, and obviously he had a massive platform previous. If he started his pop punk stuff a first, he no would one not, it. No one would know who the fuck he is. You <laughs> exactly. know what I mean? Like, it is. It's a good. It's a good argument. So I guess to ask the question I asked yes. at the start. Yes. How does Australia compare? I to think, a UK and a US. I think we're very close to the UK. Yeah. I, I look like we said before. I look at Northlane, Amity, Parkway, Polaris coming through the ranks. As good as anyone. Though Art's as good as Deathcore Band as anyone in the world. You look at bands like um, like Carnival still there. I know I, I, I probably can't say that as an example, but they're just like they're the Australian version of Tool. Upcoming Justice is a massive band coming yeah. through. Alpha Wolf, who knows how big they can get. Like they Thorn, are, Thornhill. they got knock loose vibes. Exactly, Thornhill coming through the ranks going to be exciting. We got young bands like Wind Waker. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen with them? Ocean Sleeper? Always Ocean, have that potential. Ocean Sleeper are going to be great. Deadlights. We probably don't think they have the ceiling, but they're just an incredible band. We got bands like that. It's just really exciting. And like In Arts Wake have had a great run in America. I know they were massive for a time tonight. Alive were massive for a time over there. Hallians have had good fun overseas yeah. and good success. We've just got a really strong vibe in Australia. Maybe we know their scene a lot intimately, a lot more intimate than yeah. we do bands like the UK, but I think our scene is almost as good. It's almost literally like you have to combine Europe, you have to combine Australia, you have to combine Asia with Crossfaith and bands like yeah. that to compete with America. But yeah. like, 
I look at the stature of the UK bands right now and I think they are probably bigger than the American bands and I think in the future Loathe, they're the one. Loathe, yeah. Loathe, Loathe's the one coming through with like the Polaris's of the world that are going to be the future of the scene and yeah. whether they can get to the, the heights of where a data remember had it, where Linkin Park were in the early 2000s. It's probably not going to happen with the Linkin Park because they were mainstream but yeah. like, if they can get there, like Escape the Fate was massive, Asking Alexandra were massive back in the, the late 2000s. If we can get to that stage again, we're doing well, Nick. But yeah. like you say, it's a, it's a genre that's been there for 20 years and can we evolve it? Who knows? It is, and like when you look at the Australian scene, there are a lot of similarities to the American scene in yes. the sense that we have a lot of bands who are past their peak. Um, yes, coming down. How many are coming down? In Arts Wake going down. Coming down. It's not but, alive the same, But probably. you also have bands who are like still On the going. Trend. Like, Northland is still going. They've been Parkway. Parkway Unbelievable. Is still going. Yep. And naturally, because we know the this scene yep. a lot more than the UK and the US scene, the bands, we can see the bands coming through. Yep. And we see the potential in Australia. We know Polaris are going to be a fucking big band. We know Ocean Grove have huge potential. Stand Atlantic as well Stand, coming through the absolutely. ranks. Absolutely. Stand Atlantic already making big waves right now. Um, yours truly as well, of course. And you have the bands like Make Them Suffer who have huge potential going forward. You have the bands like Alpha and Thornhill and fucking whoever else it is. Like We know that there's 20 bands who can blow up. And if five of them do, that means the scene's going to keep going for another five years. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, for sure. It doesn't take much to keep... Like It only needs one band really to hold the torch while everybody kind of catches yep. up. <laughs> Like, you know, Pol- every- we think Polaris is that band. Like yep. that, that, they are going to be the biggest band in Australia one day. But it's exciting, yeah. and I, I, I really, I'm excited by the UK bands coming through. I think they can get there. The UK through sheer weight. I mean, the US through sheer weight of bands that have always been at the top. But we're going to catch the the market yeah. is catching up to America. Like the American bands are producing good music, but I look at the last few years of albums of the year. Like a lot of bands have been from outside of America. Yeah. So it always I'm excited feels. About that. It feels now that US like the genres coming through are the very much the hate five six genres like the, yes. the beat down hardcore and yeah, that dude. kind of scenes the stuff coming that's, through that's the new but scene na- over there naturally yeah. that's not going to have the potential of, of the bands to be the global massive. bands no they're not going to be the global bands um knock loose probably is the only band who can probably buck that trend yeah. if pos- if anybody um but yeah it's it's fascinating it really is and i love i love this scene and i love um i love the kind of the i don't know the different aspects of the scene it's always the fascinating history of the me. scene yeah, yeah absolutely and eskimo cool boy great band of all time in their European factory. Yeah. <laughs> and then with Ramstein. <laughs> Who else have we got? We'll refuse the Swedish. Like we yeah, knew that. Refuse the Swedish. Yeah, Absolutely. But um yeah, good shit, no? Good time. Yeah. I can't believe that many good bands we've had from the scene over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Give it, so I always wonder what I, wa- I wonder what UK and US like the average scene person thinks of Australian bands. I'd love to know that yeah. too. I, I, yeah. I always remember telling somebody um when I was in Canada, mm. I went to see architects straight from the path and make them suffer. And I, was sure. spe- and I was speaking to someone who was in Toronto and I was speaking to someone about it and they're like, oh, you're from Australia. Like, who are the bands coming up? And I remember literally going him down. through his ba- phone and I just pressed download or save yep. on Polaris to Guilt and the Grief. Yep. And, I just, <laughs> and I remember just going, this is the Enjoy, band. Enjoy, mate. And I, like, I don't know where that guy is now, but I like to think that he kept, like he's like, man, I remember that guy in that, that gig. And now then, like now like the more coil and fucking death of me like yeah. blew him up so big. It's yeah. like, man, like it's it's crazy. We could pick that so long ago. Like you could 100%. pick that five years in advance. Like hundred percent. It's crazy. Anyway, till next week, Nathan. Good chat, Nathan. Good chat.